Crosspoint Community Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. Excited for this morning. Um, as we as we worship this morning, we're going to give a number of times for us to um, lift our voices to pray individually and corporately. And, and and one of the things that we really want for this morning is for us to truly be together and fellowship together. And I know that the setup of church is a little bit difficult to be together in the sense that. Everyone's facing the same direction and looking at a, at a point at the front. But you know, one of the things that, um, that I heard recently and, I, and really hit deep for me is this, that the church is not a content provider. It's a, content, it's a contact provider. And what I mean by that is that, yep, there's, there's content that you hear at church. There's the content of the gospel and, and yet the church is truly about contact because the gospel in its very essence is contact. It's Jesus becoming man and contacting us in the flesh. And so one of the things that I wanna encourage you to do this morning as, as we walk through this service is that if there's someone around you or if there's someone in this room that, you are, that God places on your mind, then I want you to go over and, and, and pray with them, encourage them, maybe even sit next to them. Because, because right now, this morning, we wanna celebrate what God is doing and we wanna obey what God's calling us to do. So we wanna lift our voices together and bring glory to God. We wanna, we wanna truly be together. And so during this service this morning, if God lays someone on your heart, if God gives you a picture of something, of someone in here, then I, then I encourage you to, to not just stay where you are, but feel free to move around. Um, we've got everybody in the service this morning, from, from babies all the way up to, to people who aren't babies anymore. And it's <laughs> the best way I can say that. <laughs> but this morning, as, as we walk through um, you know, we, we, hopefully you're all familiar with, with the Beatitudes. Hopefully most of us in our, in our church family has spent a good amount of time waking up and, and reading the Beatitudes every morning. And, 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 and you know, and it's interesting, in the Old Testament, in, in, the, in the book of, of, of Micah, um, the, prophet, the prophet says this, and you're probably fairly familiar with this. He says, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. It's interesting that that is a theme in the Old Testament and Jesus carries that theme strongly into the New Testament because in, in the Beatitudes, if you look at how they are, Jesus has crafted those, the first three Beatitudes are really about humility, the second three Beatitudes are about justice, and the last three Beatitudes are about peace or kindness or mercy. And, and, and so this morning, we're gonna kind of walk through the Beatitudes and, and, and we're gonna just have some reflection time and time to pray. And, and, and you know what's interesting? Um, Jesus begins the Beatitudes by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are the meek. 
One of our greatest struggles, one of my greatest struggles, I don't know about you, but is the desire to control what's going on. I can't tell you how often I get so angry about what's going on, whether it's going on in my life around me or whether it's across the world, like in Russia and Ukraine. But here's what Jesus says, and I want you to hear this. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize that they can't control, those who accept the fact that they are not God and they can't fix the world, they can't even fix their own lives because for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That God will come and make right what I can't make right. And it's interesting because I, I realized in the last month or two that I have a hard time with being poor in spirit. You know why? Because my default setting when I see things that are wrong is becoming angry. And here's what Jesus says. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know what you can't do to somebody who's angry? You can't comfort them. Have you ever thought about that? You see, Jesus calls me and us to choose to respond in vulnerable mourning rather than anger to what's going on around us. You know why? Because he wants to comfort us. When I'm angry, I can't be comforted. I can't even be confronted when I'm angry. <laughs> but Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are you who mourn because you will receive comfort. And so one of the things that I have to step into is I have to become a better mourner. And you know what mourning for me says? It, it, it's, a, it's an admission that I can't control things and that I can just be sad about things and allow God to comfort me. And then he says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And meekness takes an incredible amount of maturity, strength, and conviction. Because, because what meekness does and what meekness is, is, is that meekness lets go of self-pride, it lets go of self-concern, and places me in God's hands so I can serve others. And so as we, as we see the first three Beatitudes, they are pursuit of humility. They are pursuit to be like Jesus. And, and, and really, so God's response to our pursuit of humility is to comfort us with the inbreaking kingdom of heaven here on earth so that we can rest in him even though all the things around us are crazy. So I want you to take just a few minutes and spend some time just reflecting and praying as we continue to worship. And again, remember that this morning is not just about content, it's about contact. So if God places someone on your heart or your mind, please go and encourage them. That's maybe why God brought you here this morning. So let's spend just a few minutes praying and reflecting on, on what God wants to do. And maybe it's that you need to give up being angry like me so that God can comfort you. You know, um, Jesus says in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
He says, blessed are the merciful. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart. And Jesus is talking about the justice that God moves in, that God calls us to. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would first be first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So interesting that Jesus points at the way the world works and he said it must not be so with you. And, and, and Jesus points to the surrounding culture and those who lead that culture and that surrounding culture dominates and, and in so many cases oppresses those under it. In fact, our culture celebrates domination and, and hierarchy and esteems the rights and privileges that come from being on top. But Jesus calls us instead to follow the model of a house servant and a bond slave to give up our rights and our privileges in order to serve the interests of others. And, and so as Jesus calls us to humility, he also calls us to justice. And that justice is coming alongside one another and lifting each other up in, in hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, not for my righteousness or what I think is right, but what God calls right. And he calls us to do it in mercy he calls the greatest characteristic of our justice has to be mercy. And, and then he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, when I am divided loyalties, when I'm not pure in heart for Jesus, then I can't see what God wants me to do. So right now, I wanna, I wanna ask you to do something. And, and of course, if you don't wanna do this, you don't have to, but I wanna spend a few moments praying for each other very specifically, so here's what I wanna ask. If you are here this morning and you are hurting because what's happened to you is unjust, it might be life circumstances, it might be something that was done to you, it might be that you're hurting because of the injustice of a friend it might be that you're hurting this morning because someone you love is making really poor decisions. So here's what I'd ask you to do. If that describes you at all, then I wanna ask you to stay standing and everyone else sit down. So, so if, you're, if, if you're hurting like that, I want you to stay standing and everyone else go ahead and sit down. And here's what I want. For those handful of people who are standing right now, as we pray, I would ask that people go and be the hands and feet in the voice of Jesus and pray for them. Pray for those who are standing still. We don't need to know why you're standing, but we are the body of Christ and we want to lift each other up. So in the next few minutes, go and pray and lift those up who are struggling. 
It's interesting that Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Because peacemaking, from all visual cues and information, doesn't work, does it? <laughs> There's no peace. Our world just goes from conflict to conflict. Our lives move from crisis and conflict to the next one. But basically what Jesus is saying is that the peacemaker has the shalom of God, the, the peace, the rest that God alone can offer. That we are called to be peacemakers and be peaceable with those around us. It's hard for me to wrap my head around making peace when there's so many things that are wrong. But, but the reason we are called to be peacemakers is not because the world is okay, but because our God is faithful. God sends messengers with unusual anointing during critical times and times that are significant in human history. Noah was sent before the flood. Moses was sent before the Exodus. The biblical prophets were sent to Israel decades before they went into captivity and slavery. And if God raises up Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah to prepare Israel for Babylon's invasion, will he not raise up messengers to speak his word today. You see, here, here's where this, I think, peace comes together, is, is that events are coming that are unlike and far beyond anything the world has experienced before. And there's nothing that compares to the second coming of Jesus. Because there's finality, there's consequence, it's over. And I believe that God is raising a people that he has called to himself to be intimate with Jesus, to value and, and love Jesus more than anything else, even more than their own lives. And those people can have peace and be at peace even in the midst of all the things that are going on. I believe that God wants to stir our emotions for the return of his son because he wants to produce a church that is no longer content with the absence of its bridegroom. That God wants us to feel that mourning that Jesus is still not received his inheritance of all the nations, and that we are still not in his physical presence, that we, sh we would be a people who anticipate and live our lives in a way that we long for his appearance. And that's how we endure persecution in peace. Because you see, we, we endure persecution because we not only know the king, but we know that we are loved by the king. We can endure because we are in the family of God 
a God who has proven himself to be faithful to us. That we can endure persecution peaceably because my character, the foundation of my character, if I am truly following Jesus and growing in intimacy with him, is, is a foundation of humility. And that my trust is that God is a God of justice and he will make things right. And when I rest in that, I'm able to have peace because I trust God. This morning, I, I believe that, that God, again, is calling us to be a people who long for his appearance. That we are not satisfied with looking at the things around us and saying, yeah, that's just normal, that's just humanity, that's just the way the world works. That we as God's people would, would actually long and yearn and desire for the return of Christ. But in order to be ready for his return, we need to be a people who are peculiar and different than anything that the world sees or has to offer. This morning, we know that there are people who have it far worse than we do, and not just because of general circumstances, but because of persecution. So this morning, I would ask that, that we, we stand for we stand in the gap for those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, who are persecuted because they, they claim the name of Jesus. That we would be a people who would consider what can I do, not just, not just from where I am, but maybe God is calling me to do something specific. Maybe even go to a place. Maybe run towards danger for the sake of of the kingdom of God. This morning as, as we continue to worship and we, we close this morning, I would challenge you to ask Jesus how he wants you to stand in the gap for the persecuted. After the service, as we're fellowshipping and hanging out and having donuts, I would encourage you to check out the room right across the street which on Sundays is the parent-child room. But during the week, we've made it so that it's gonna be a prayer room that people can come and pray that is specifically used for prayer. And there's details over there of how you can access that, but I would encourage you to check it out because I believe that God is not going to move in us unless our upper room is bigger than any of our program rooms or agenda rooms or activity rooms. God moves in his people when they come to him in prayer and they trust him. So let's spend some time praying for the church, the persecuted church and our church. And the reason we can have peace is because we serve a God who is sovereign and mighty and faithful and he keeps his promises because he is worthy of everything we have to offer and more. Jesus, I pray this morning that our hearts and our minds and our, and our bodies would be used for your glory because you are worthy and because of your greatness, we have peace. 
We can be humble. We can live in your justice. We can be peacemakers. Everything we have and everything we are is owed to you, Jesus. Let it be so with us. Let it be so. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint. 